Good morning, everyone. I'm Leah Wetzel, licensed nutritionist, and I'd like to welcome you to Dishing Up Nutrition. This hour-long program is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And Nutritional Weight and Wellness is dedicated to giving you life-changing nutrition information that's based on scientific research. We have a great show planned today, don't we? We do. We, we do. do. <laughs> yep. Today's topic is common health concerns for kids. And we're going to talk about focus, asthma, and bedwetting. And being a parent of my two-year-old Oliver, today's topic is really near and dear to my heart. And I'm sure, too, for my co-host would agree, because she also is a mother of two. I am. You are, yes. And I'd like to introduce my co-host, Marcy Vasky, and she's also a licensed nutritionist. And she sees clients in our Wyzetta and Maple Grove office and teaching classes, too, right? Yeah, staying busy, just right. like you. Welcome, Mar- Marcy. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here again today with you. Great. Um, so if you are a parent or a grandparent... Yes. You know, I am sure you will want to stay tuned. Well, I know you want to stay tuned. And if you um, know parents that have children that are struggling with attention deficit, maybe autism, asthma, or bedwetting, you know, give them a call so they can tune in today. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's really time to ask, how healthy are our children today? You know, about 11% of children ages 4 to 17 have been diagnosed with attention deficit disorder. And the rates have increased by 5% every year. Wow. Yeah, right. So I want everyone to stop and think, does your child or grandchild have any health problems? You know, as nutritionists, every week we see more and more kids with major health problems. For example, last week, you know, I saw two kids with digestive issues and one with daily migraine issues. Already. Right. And I'm sure you, you've seen the same, Marcy. Oh, for sure. A lot of digestive stuff, right. ADD. Yep. Weekly. Yep. Right. You know, so another major brain disorder that we're going to talk about today is autism. Yes. One in 68 children in the U.S. today have autism. Right. You know, that is an increase of almost 120% wow. since 2000. That's amazing. It is. So what's going on? You know, as nutritionists, we really realize many kids with autism have an eating problem. Right. Yeah. And it can be very frustrating for the whole family because they have to change things. They don't understand what's going on. You know, most families with an autistic child could really, really benefit from, you know, just some professional nutritional guidance from us. Yes, I totally agree. You know, I am really shocked with that number, 150, 120 percent since 2000. That's only 15 years. Right. It's amazing. Uh, and bedwetting is also a major issue with five to seven million children in the United States suffering from nighttime bedwetting. You know, many kids are still suffering in fourth, fifth, sixth, and even seventh grade. Right. And they just, we don't know all the time right. and yeah. because I mean, they're embarrassed about it. Exactly. And, they're suffering in silence because they don't you know, want to be sharing this exactly. information. You know, sleepovers can be a big issue at this point when they get older. Right. What are you going to tell your friends? Yeah. Right? right. And they want to enjoy this time with their friends, but afraid of, you know, of wetting the bed. Right. And as nutritionists, we often find it very difficult for parents to understand that their child's food choices may be affecting their brain chemistry. And most older kids are very, very motivated motivated to change their eating habits if they could go over to a sleepover and not wet their friend's bed. Right. What better motivation? Right. Exactly. I can have a sleepover. Yes. And we think of bedwetting as a nutrition problem. And we have some great success working with clients, helping them reduce the frequency of bedwetting. 
That's right. You know, and, and to top it off, asthma in children is also on the rise. Right. In 1980, only 3% of kids were diagnosed with asthma, and now the rate is actually close to 10%. Wow, that's amazing. Again, everything just going up. Right, and I think it's time to stop and ask, what is the cause of all of this increase? Yeah. So as nutritionists, we dial in on what our kids are eating and how it's impacting their health because there are many nutritional insights to every health condition we just mentioned. Oh, you're right. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. You know, we often see kids clinically suffering from two or all three of these right. health concerns we just mentioned right yep. now. You know, so today we really want to discuss some of the major foods that can cause health issues like this for our kids. Yep. And what are some of the foods that are causing these problems? Right. So we're going to focus on some of the majors right? yes. today. Yeah. Some like. Bad fats, yep. sugar, right. gluten, right. big offenders. Yep. And they're very commonly present in... In every day. Right. It is. In all of our foods, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So kind of digging into this a little bit deeper, let's start with how bad fats affect our kids' bedwetting and lack of focus. You know, for brain wellness, think of how important it is to look at what the brain is made up of mostly. And most of the brain is fat, like 60 to 70 percent of it. Yeah. And our brain uses whatever fat we eat to support the fat of the brain. That's right. So if we put bad fat in, we're going to have a bad brain. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's pretty easy. So Mm -hmm. there are good fats, though, that really help support our brain. And that bad fat, you know, may cause many children to lose focus and that bladder control. Right. So bad fats equal, like I said, brain, brain trouble. trouble. That's a big problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and also research is telling us that bad fats are associated with memory and focus problems. Exactly. Yeah. You know, as a parent, you may be asking, how are bad fats uh, in my child's diet causing attention problems? Well, picture this. Fat makes up the membrane around each of our cells. Each cell has hundreds of receptors on on each of that cell membrane, which allows for messages and hormones and nutrients to enter the cell. These receptors allow for communication to occur from cell to cell or from organ to organ or from one brain cell to another brain cell. Right, exactly. And this communication is really important. Oh, it's so important. Mm -hmm. We can see it in other um, aspects of our brain as well. Right. You know, and so as we talk about in many of our classes, we talk about cells are happy cells that allow us to be happy, calm right. and focused. Right. Talking right? cells are happy cells. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But when refined oils and those trans fats, which, which are those bad fats, they make up our cell membrane. The cell receptors that we're talking about today really become resistant to messages needing to get in for clear communication. Right. So they can't talk. Exactly. Yep. It mucks up that communication. It does. Mm -hmm. So you might be asking, you know, where is my kid getting all of these bad fats, right? I mean, so many people aren't aware of it. Yeah, it's They think hidden. they're get, giving their kids really great food and exactly. this fabulous granola bar or something, and then it has trans fats. Yeah, exactly. Or too much sugar. Right. So, you know, well, you know, one place it could be happening is people driving through maybe that fast food lane. Oh, I know, exactly. So as we were talking about being parents and being having busy schedules, right. how easy is it when you have, you know, you have getting home from school and then you have to go on to soccer practice yep. or dance lessons that you don't have a lot of times, don't have a lot of time. So it's so much easier to pull through the drive through on the way to practice. And grab something and grab, quick, grab, quick, quick, go. Exactly. Totally. And kids, you 
usually all on board with that as oh, well. Oh, they are totally on board with and that. There you go. There, a lot of times there's a lot of hidden bad fats right. in that food. Mm-hmm. There are. Right. Exactly. So, you know, bad fats and like refined oils and trans fats, when they make up your child's brain, that disrupts communication. And he or she has a really hard time focusing. And this is true for adults, too. Oh, for sure. We see see it all the time as well. Exactly. Exactly. So another place where kids and adults typically get bad fats is at the movie theater. Right. And they don't even know it. They're just having some popcorn. Exactly. It's hidden in the popcorn. Yep. Um, So how often is your family going to the movies? How often are you having trans fats? Yes. Right. Right. We often talk about how, you know, instead of indulging in that popcorn, you know, if you want to have a snack at the movie theater, which is fine to go to the movies and enjoy the movie. Right. But, you know, if you want a snack, maybe bringing in your own salted almonds, maybe a little dark chocolate. There you go. It's the great treat. It is much better than the popcorn. Yes, exactly. (laughs) For many reasons. Right. So, you know, we also really work with a lot of adults that are suffering from the ADD or memory concerns that get better when they actually cut out those refined oils and trans fats. Exactly. I mean, they come back and tell us, I am thinking I have so much more focus. Clear, more calm. For sure. Mm -hmm. And we can see it in their face Mm -hmm. even. Right. You know, so it's so we know how bad fats affect the brain. But how are they connected to lung inflammation, like conditions like asthma? Yeah, this is a great question. You know, as Marcy, and as we've mentioned at the beginning of the show, the rates of asthma in kids has skyrocketed from 3% in 1980 to close to 10%. And this is a major concern. We see it all the time in the office. Oh, don't for we? sure we do. Yes. And the diet could very well be playing a role in creating this lung inflammation. And we'll really get into this in depth um, when we get back from break. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Uh, today, we're discussing the common health concerns for kids. And we've, you know, we've talked about the importance of um, avoiding the bad fats. Right. Um, but we're going to dig into, too, when we get to, uh, a little bit further on about what are good fats right. that they should be incorporating? We need to and, tell you. Yeah. And so uh, just to kind of dig into that a little bit right now, a brain building nutrient that is found in breast milk, salmon and organic eggs is called omega-3 DHA. And it's also really easy to take in a supplement. And we often recommend it for kids that have learning disabilities. Right. Or um, attention deficit. Exactly. Yeah. Autism. Yeah. A bedwetting would be another oh, circumstance you're to right. use it the DHA. Be. Yeah. Research has found that kids do better in school and are less likely to wet the bed when they supplement with 300 to 400 milligrams of omega 3 DHA. This is really interesting. Countries that have the lowest amount of bedwetting children consume more than double the fish and seafood as compared to countries with the highest amount of bedwetting children. Wow. Well, there it is right there. Exactly. Because we know that fish and seafood has high amounts of this omega-3 DHA. That's right. right? Feed the brain. Right. So, you know, fish is great, packed full of the omega-3. And DHA comes also for therapeutic use in a small soft gel or in a liquid form for children. It's easy to take and it really helps create a healthy brain. It does. Right. If you have questions uh, today about children's health or suffering from issues like bedwetting, give us a call in the studio at 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. 
I'm Marcy Vasky, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here today with Leah Wetzel, also a licensed nutritionist. We have a very popular menopause survival seminar coming up November 7th yes. at the Maplewood Community Center. People love they this. They do. I, it's I mean, a great I get, day. It is. And my aunt go to, um, to I can't remember which location, I think it was the one in YZ, and okay. she just keeps raving about it. Yeah, so much information, mm-hmm. so much yeah. useful information. Really? Yeah. word there. Mm-hmm. So have you been looking for, you know, just a natural way to manage those hot flashes, maybe those mood swings, insomnia, or that dreaded weight gain without all those side effects of traditional hormonal replacement? If you are looking for something different, you know, this is a great class for you. Right. And I'm just going to kind of cover some of the highlights that you'll learn in the class. Um, You'll learn why balanced eating with real foods and good fats really supports good hormone balance. That's, That's important. It is. You know, and also understand how eating the refined carbohydrates and trans fats can actually increase those menopause symptoms. Right. It's so interesting when you talk to people and you tell them that, they're like, well, I had no idea. Right, I know it. All mm-hmm. I have to do is that. Right. Um, and it makes a big difference. Oh, it makes mm-hmm. a huge difference for sure. You know, or learn, you'll learn how key nutritional supplements can also eliminate those hot flashes and sleepless nights and low moods. Right. Um, you know, discover ways to really recharge and change your metabolism right. so you can, you know, cut down on the weight gain or, or, yeah. and lose some weight. And RNs, they, you know, they get some continuing education with that. They, they do. Like 4.8 credits. They do, which RN. is fabulous. It does. It's a great deal. Um, and during that whole day, you will get served a light lunch. Yeah. Um, and that's a special bonus because Dar is actually going to be presenting Which at this great. event. And so, yeah. You get to meet Dar if you, you haven't met her already. You've got to see her. Yeah, right. <laughs> so sign up for one. Um, to sign up or to get, you know, just a little bit more information, you, know, you can go on to our website, weightandwellness.com, or actually just call the office at 651 699 3438. Um, and if you have questions today, please call us here at the yeah. studio at 651-641-1071. Great. Thanks, Marcy. So we have a few callers. All right. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Liz, thanks for calling Dish Nutrition. You have a question about DHA. Liz? I'm not sure, quite sure if we have her on the line. It looks like she had a question about a brand, which is good. We had talked about um, when we were coming in, uh, we were going out to break about um, DHA and uh, maybe a supplemental form of the DHA. And um, we have a product in our office, mm-hmm. uh, the DHA 200, right. that's based from algae, which we find uh, clinically when... Um, People are supplementing with DHA. Taking the algae-based DHA is the best form. Right. Exactly. So that's good. There's really small soft gels, and it's really good for maybe more of later elementary. Um, right. Because you have to swallow need the to swallow them. But we also have a liquid form, too. That's right. So for the little small kids, you could do the liquid DHA. Um, and both of them you could find on our on our website, weightandwellness.com. And we have a click to our, our, products. our product lines. Yes. All right, so we have a few more. Okay. Katie, you have a question for us today? Katie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, I do. Um, I have an 18-month-old, and I was wondering if you recommended um, the liquid DHA supplement for her. Yeah, I think um, so. It, she's getting food. Are you still breastfeeding or not? 
Not breastfeeding. I okay. did up to a year. Okay, great. You could definitely incorporate in um, some straight DHA. I would do probably the liquid mm-hmm. amount. And at 18 okay. months, you know, maybe 100 milligrams to two. Right. Every yeah. day? You could. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I think that would be great. You. You're, welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for the question. All right. We have another caller. All right. We're busy. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Julie, you have a question about 13-year-old bedwetting. I do. Yeah. Um, I have a 13-year-old boy who is still wetting the bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were told by the doctors a long time ago that don't worry about it because it's a genetic thing. Well, right. now he's 13. And, you know, it's really difficult because he wants to go to sleepovers and this right. and that. And um, so we just, we were going to start with a urologist. And I was just, is that the first thing to start with? Or should I start with these, you know, the, the omega-3s or... Yeah, I would maybe consider bringing them in for a consultation to look at the diet. We find so many times that there's a food connection to the bedwetting, especially at this age. Right. Really? Yes. 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 I know it's not often talked about, but we do see it a lot, uh, maybe in relation to potentially some food sensitivities. Um, so I, you know, I would really rule this out first. Um, you can definitely check in with a urologist. A lot of times mm-hmm. what they find is there's really nothing wrong. Yeah, he he sleeps so hard. Yeah, he, he, we can't wake him up. Right, right. So it could be a food thing. Okay, it could be it a food thing, be. and I it's That's it's crazy. really not um, you know a harmful thing to check out. You know, it's okay. um, and a lot of times too that with you know there's a lot of motivation at that age mm-hmm. to kind of maybe yeah. change, change a couple things with the diet mm-hmm. and um, see how that you know impacts. I've never I've looked through this so many times and I've never seen a food listed so that's good to know that there's something else maybe yeah yes. right okay all right great. thank you so much thank all you right. yep great great questions good questions for sure right okay so you know before break we were talking about kind of digging into the asthma connection right. to the bad fat so as like i had mentioned <clears throat> and we talked about earlier that you know the rates of asthma have skyrocketed to 10 percent um it was three percent in 1980 now it's 10 now it's up to 10 percent right yeah and, so what, you know, what are the connections of creating this lung inflammation? Right. You know, so we want to kind of, Leah is going to share her story a little bit about um, her connection, yes. food connection to asthma. Right. Um, and the last time we were on together, I think we talked about this as well. Yeah. But early you August. really found that when you changed your diet, your um, symptoms really decreased and disappeared. Oh, exactly. So, and it was interesting and kind of like uh, preparing for the show today and reflecting on that. Yeah. At that time in my life where my asthma was the worst, I really had a diet just like a typical kid. Right. High sugar. High sugar. Um, lots of hidden trans fats in my food. Right. Um, and so it really makes sense then, you know, why some of that food piece was correlating with my asthma, asthma. lung inflammation. You know, for example, it wouldn't be unusual for me to start my day off with a donut. Oh, sure. Which Why not? high sugar, yep. trans fats, um, or Pop-Tarts, which we'll talk a little bit about. I used yep. to live off of Pop-Tarts. <laughs> um, when those are chock full of sugar and they trans are. fats. It's amazing. And it would just transition through the day. I'd eat fast food for lunch. A lot of the times, there you go. Um, I was inflammation. Oftentimes there, and wouldn't pack any food, and then come home for I would you know maybe do a frozen pizza for dinner. Right. Again, high sugar, trans fats. So you're right. It does really look like a kid's diet. Yeah. These days. So. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Or too similar for a kid, maybe doing more school lunch, which we also have a lot of. They'll um, have some trans fats right, in there as well. High sugar. High too. sugar. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, at that time in my life, I was having a lot of these bad fats. Yeah. Um, every day I would have these bad fats and pulling them out of my diet, as I shared last, you know, beginning of August, um, that it made a huge difference. And my lung inflammation went away. Right. And now I am, uh, I think about eight, eight plus years in remission or, you know, I yeah. haven't had to use my inhalers, symptoms. my symptoms. You know, I had some other core key food sensitivities too. Right. That adjust. you had to do. But yeah, when right. my asthma was really uncontrolled, there was a lot of sugar, a lot of trans, trans fats. fats. Right. Um, and so, so, you know, why is that? Right. Right. So why was was her lungs so inflamed? You know, the fat that we eat, it really actually s- provides a special coating around our lung tissue. Yeah, right. It keeps it really nice and lubricated so we can breathe in and out like we should. Right. You know, the analogy of, you know, if your car is not well lubricated with oil or if the oil is bad, what happens? Exactly. It seizes up. Right. right. Just yep. like our lungs. Mm-hmm. So this you know, we have to keep that in mind. Right, exactly. And trans fats and refined oils are very inflammatory. So whether that inflammation is your lungs or your brain or your bladder, you want to stay away from these hydrogenated fats. That's right. Yeah. So really, you know, where could they be hiding in your diet? Like I was sharing earlier, it could be coming from the hydrogenated soybean oil or trans fats in the Pop-Tarts. There you go. Like I was talking about how I eat for breakfast staple. Or store-bought granola bars, crackers, muffins, donuts. Trans fats are often hidden in a lot of the prepackaged foods marketed for kids. That's right. Mm-hmm. And what do they go to all the time? Anything that has a fancy, pretty package. Exactly. You know? Yes, we both <laughs> love yeah. it. So. Oh, yeah. It's like, can right. I have that? No. Exactly. So, you know, here is a really disturbing uh, fact, Leah. Yeah, the average average American child consumes a fast food meal one out of every three days. Wow, that's amazing. one out of every three days. That's amazing. It's it's sad, right. you know. And twenty five percent of American toddlers toddlers wow. consume French fries every day. That is incredible. It is right, and these trans fats and the fast food French fries very may well be causing your child's brain, lung, or bladder inflammation. Well. Hold that thought, Marcy. Okay. All right. So we have a break time. Uh, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Before we go to break, I want to mention that we have one of my favorite class series that I love, I love to teach coming up this next week all across the Twin Cities, and that's the Weight and Wellness Series. 94% of Weight and Wellness class participants see health improvements, which is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. How I'll... many classes have you ever taken that you can say have the same results? Not many. No. In six weeks, you will learn how <clears throat> the following an anti-inflammatory eating plan will, with real food will increase your energy, boost your your moods, decrease achy joints and muscle pain, improve digestion, and so much more. You know, here's what a recent class participant had to say about this series. He says, transformative, one of the best things I've ever done for myself and for my family in years. Wow. Nice. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. You know, I'm teaching on Thursday nights in Mendota Heights location. Um, and and I won't be teaching this series. But you'll be teaching others, which uh, yes, we'll talk about later. Right, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, and there's classes all over the Twin Cities. So to sign up or for more information, go to our website at weightandwellness.com or call our office at the Nutritional Weight and Wellness Office at 651 651- 
699-3438. Question today about kids' health. Please call us at 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Marcy Vasky, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Leah Wetzel, licensed nutritionist. You know, so do we have a question? Do regular bedtimes really matter for your kids' health, mm, Leah? Good question. Right. Yes. The answer is yes. There has been a new study, which is a great study that came out this month, actually, in the Journal of Sleep. And it was taking a look at this issue. And what they found was they studied 3,000 teens, tracked them for five years. It's a long, intensive study. It is. Yeah. That is. And found a link between teens that stay up late at night and weight gain. Hmm. Right? So for ev- what they found was for every extra hour the teen actually stayed up, they gained 2.1 points on the body max index. So gaining fat. Gaining the fat. Body. Right. Yep. Right. So what they also factored in was exercise, screen time, so computers, you know, right. um, any kind of phone thing, phone. the number and the number of hours they actually slept. But none of these factors right. affected this BMI. So even if the child stayed up late, but then still slept eight hours, right. it still didn't make a difference. That's right. That's, that's interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. Um, and according to the National Sleep Foundation, teens tend to have irregular sleep patterns Across the week. So, you know, typically they stay up late, sleep in late on the weekends, which really affects their biological clocks and hurts their quality of sleep overall. So when, you know, when adults and teens and, you know, when they try to make up for that last hours that they've lost during the week on the weekends, it does. This was the same. It doesn't make it that much difference. It doesn't make a difference. You can't catch up with sleep. You need to have that regular sleep pattern through the week. You do. You do. You definitely do. You know, so. Kids and teens, what they really need is about nine hours of quality sleep per night to stay awake and then have good focus at school. Correct. Right? Yeah. Good sleep. It's really important. And sleep is important for adults, too. As oh, we know. for sure. Right. <laughs> so we have a caller. Okay. Maureen, thanks for calling Dishing at Nutrition. You have a question about um, peeling fingertips, fingernails? Yeah. yeah. I do have a question about that. And I want to say thanks for taking my call. Yeah. And also, you've helped me in the past with the magnesium glycinate. It's helped oh, me sleep. Great. And I just am very thankful to have heard that advice from you. But oh, great. Since, so, you, helping you fall asleep and stay asleep has really worked. So, I wanted to give you that compliment. But also, my question today is since this summer, yeah. my, my thumb and my middle finger on my right hand. Right at the very tip, I just have this small circle of it's just constantly peeling skin. Okay. It it doesn't ever get better no matter what I use, and it gets worse, and it kind of cracks, and it's so sore, and I've never had it before, and I just wonder if you know anything about that. Yeah. Go ahead, Marcy. Well, you know what you might want to try is um, some omega-6 fatty acids. GLA. So GLA. So you can go onto our website and find that just right next to the magnesium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. it's another good one. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's a really good one because the omega six fats is really good for skin health. Yeah, you know, it goes kind of external, like hair, nails, nails for sure, skin makes a big difference. Um, you know, hormone balance. balance, right? So I would try to add some of that and and make sure um, make sure you get enough water too, keeping well hydrated. Okay. I think, and I had. I'd actually kind of looked at it myself and noticed 
So I, I'd kind of gotten off the omega-3 oil that right. I had been taking. Oh, so yeah. I started that back up again, but it, so it's the omega six. How yep. is that different than omega three? So they're both are they're they're both essential fatty acids and the omega three, which is still good mm-hmm. for your you know for helping to bring down inflammation and. Um, um, hydrating the body, but the mega six fat is more targeted for, um, skin, dry skin, skin, skin right. inflammation. Okay. So oh, I would maybe consider doing both. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Do you, yeah. Do you think in the oil form? Yeah. I would do probably a soft gel. Yep. The, the mega three or the, the GLA 200, um, for that, you know, I would probably do like four. I would do four for sure. Yeah. Like two to start with breakfast, out with. two yeah. with, with maybe dinner. Yep. Four gels a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So t- two with dinner and then two like in the morning. Right. With food. Yeah. With breakfast. With food. Yep. Yeah. I'd give that a couple months. It takes a couple months to build up. So okay. give it a couple months trial and see how that works. And then you should call us back and tell us how that goes. Okay. I will. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Thanks for, for calling. calling. Thanks very much. Great. All right, Leah. You yes. know, we have talked a lot about how bad fats can cause inflammatory things for kids. Right. So what are some of these good fats that we can... Um, bring down bring, this inflammation. That's right. Right. Yes. Yes. So really, we, we really need lot... Kids need a lot of healthy fats. And this healthy fat really helps to bring down inflammation in the body, like in our lungs, our bladder, and our brain to keep us well-focused in school. Um, so really, what should we be incorporating? Yeah. Well, right? I think we shouldn't be incorporating lots of good fats yeah. like um, butter, um, you know, coconut oil, right, olives, avocados, nuts and seeds. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, kids need a lot of healthy fats for their growing brains and bodies. And really kind of if we look at it like a tablespoon of fat with meals and snacks. Right, right. Right. They need a lot. They do need a lot. Yeah. And I always make sure my little Oliver that he's getting enough fat. It really isn't that hard no. because he loves <laughs> his favorite food is fat. So his favorite foods are butter and katamala olives. Oh, is that how he says it? He does. <laughs> yes. Before he was even two years old, we'd be going around in the grocery store and we'd get to the olive aisle and he would point and he'd be like, katamala olives. Oh, very cute. <laughs> very specific. Right? Yes. Get those, Mom. Um, and he'd ask for them every time. Wow, good. So, loves that, them. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. How about you? How you about know, your kids? Well, mine really like um, just like the natural peanut butter mm-hmm. or just right. some butter. Right. Butter on butter. everything, right? Yes. Who doesn't like that? Kids love butter. That's right. <laughs> Which is great for them and great it for is. their growing bodies. It's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have covered the fat connection to inflammation but Marcy, what about sugar? Right. You How know. does sugar play a role in kids' health? Oh, it's such a big role. Yeah. Bigger and bigger every day. Yeah, right. You know, it, it's hidden in so many foods and, and, and beverages that are actually marketed to our kids. Mm-hmm. And it keeps rising. The whole consumption of sugar keeps rising. So, you know, when parents bring in their kids for consultations, we show them samples of how much sugar they would be getting in their breakfast. And it's shocking. It is an eye-opener, right? It is. It for sure is. Right. You know, if you're doing the cereal, skim milk, toast, and juice thing, for example, 28 teaspoons of sugar. Right. 28. Wow. I think everybody should measure that out today. Yeah. (laughs) And show your kids. Yes. Yep. Right. Um, You know, and according to the USDA Economic Research Service, the average kid under 12 consumes 49 pounds of sugar per year. Wow. 
Wow. And in 1994, the rate of type 2 diabetes in kids with less than 5% was less than 5%. That was in 1994. Yeah. And now it's estimated that it's 20 to 30%. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, that's shocking. You know, and a condition that used to be an adult onset oh, condition sure. is no longer no. because these rates are, you know, an epidemic. Just increasing. Right. You know, so I think it's really important to note that, you know, as our sugar consumption goes up, what else goes up? Right. All of our health conditions that we're talking today. Exactly. So the bottom line is, like bad fats, sugar equals inflammation. For some kids, that inflammation creates brain stress. And they have a hard time focusing in school right. or they may lose lose bladder control at night. Yeah. And for others, it sets them up for an asthma attack. Exactly. Yep. Right. All, all negative things. Mm-hmm. You know, so so where is all of this sugar hidden in our kids diet? Yeah. Let's give an example. Yeah. Let's let's think about that. Yeah. How about um, what do you think has more sugar? Sure. So three Twinkies, Leah. Okay. Or a brown bag lunch that would be like a whole wheat peanut butter and jelly sandwich, okay. a cup of applesauce, and okay. fruit punch. So mm-hmm. what what do you think has more sugar? So you would think probably the three Twinkies, oh, right. but because you proposed it, I'm guessing I'm wrong. You are. Yeah. You are wrong. That's so, shocking. You know, right. So that pretty much is a typical children's lunch. Right. Is what I just Very said. The common. peanut butter, jelly, yep. applesauce, blah, blah, blah. Right? So... That lunch equates into 76 grams of carbohydrates, Wow! which then equates to 19 teaspoons oh of my sugar. Gosh. 19. Wow. So we wonder why our kids can't focus. Right. So it's almost three. It's almost. Um, almost. Yeah. What am I trying to say? I don't yeah. Know. So <laughs> it's it's too three, much. Almost over three Twinkies. Right. Right. Exactly. I, think I did the math on that. Yeah. Not not a good alternative. No. No. That's crazy. Yeah. So we'll dig into this a little bit further after a break. Okay. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We're talking today about common health concerns for kids, focus, asthma, and bedwetting. I want to mention an important nutrient that has helped me keep my asthma inflammation down. And that a nutrient, again, is that essential fatty acid omega-6 that was found in borage seed or supplements like our GLA-200. So we talked a little bit earlier about how it can help for we skin did. health. also helps with lung inflammation. That's right. Right. So GLA has been shown in studies to target and reduce lung inflammation. And I use it myself and with my clients and have found that it works great for lung health. I usually use about 800 milligrams. So that's four of those soft gels that's a day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, of that GLA for adults and maybe 400 milligrams for kids with asthma. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Marcy Vasky, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here in the studio with Leah Wetzel, also a licensed nutritionist. So are you tired of dieting but still want to lose weight and keep it off? Yeah, right. Good Good question. question. So if so, we have a great class for you. It is called Nutrition for Weight Loss. It's a series. This is a 12-week 
program that includes a weekly one-hour class Mm -hmm. and then also a two-hour-long consultation with one of our highly skilled licensed nutritionists or dietitians. Right. So it's great. I mean, think of it, three months of weekly support. Oh, it is. People really love the support Mm -hmm. and share ideas. It's just a really nice class. And be able to sit down and brainstorm with a nutritionist to find what is the best approach for you. Right. Fabulous. It is. It is. Kind of wraps it all up. It does. You know, so what really can Nutrition for Weight Loss help help you with? Well, we can help you lose weight, conquer those cravings, which are always kind of nagging. Yeah, right. Um, boost your metabolism so we can start burning more and uh, losing weight. Right. You know, increasing your energy. I mean, who doesn't need more energy? Right. right? Now yeah. now it's getting darker early. We're all feeling like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to get out of bed. Right, right. <laughs> um, sleep better. Yeah. That will help. Yeah. You know, you might even... Just have better moods. Right. You're going to feel more positive. Right. You know, decrease those aches and pains um, and stay satisfied. You're never hungry right. on this. No. You're not if hungry. If you're hungry, something's not working. Yes, and you need to come back in. Yep, right. <laughs> yep. We so. Yeah. So um, I'm actually going to be teaching a nutrition for weight loss class series in Maple Grove on Monday evenings right. from seven to eight. That's great. And, and that's going to start November 9th. Okay. Yep. And I will be starting to um, that week on Monday nights in, in Mendota, Mendota Heights. Heights. Mm-hmm. Very good. Right. So, you know, if you guys out there want to sign up or get more information, please go to our website, which mm-hmm. is weightandwellness.com right. or call the Nutritional Weight and Wellness Office at 651-699-3438. Yeah. Great great class. It is a really great class. I love teaching that one too. Yeah. So we were digging into um, the sugar connection to inflammation, Right. right? And another example we wanted to talk about is beverages. So an average teen boy drinks about three cans of soda per day. Three cans. Yeah leading to over 50 teaspoons of high fructose corn syrup or more than 400 calories. Wow. That's a lot. We need to get rid of that. Very inflammatory. Yeah, yeah. very alarming. You know, it's it's not only does sugar cause a lot of inflammation that we have going on, it also leaches out those important minerals. For example, mm-hmm. magnesium, calcium that we all need and that kids especially need for, for good, proper growth right. and brain wellness. You know, and it also too much sugar is going to cause is going to stop the production of brain building B vitamins in our gut. Right. Yep. Okay. So we know sugar and bad fats are not good for our kids' health. But what should kids be eating? I think it would be very, very helpful if we take a little bit of time to talk about some healthy meals and snacks because we know this is challenging to get our kids to eat healthy. Right. Oh, oh, it is. Mm-hmm. You know. So what can we do? Right. Maybe you can try some meatballs and some sweet potato fries and maybe some seeds. Right. Sunflower seeds. A great wild rice meatball recipe. We do. We do. Available on our, I think it's on our website. Uh, It could also be, for example, you know, love those deviled eggs. Oh, who doesn't like a deviled egg? And some, you know, maybe do a half a cup of berries. Yeah, yum. And, uh, Katamala olives. There you go. Get those <laughs> you know, in there. kids really like finger, finger food. food. You're right. Things that. that they can grab mm-hmm. and they can play with a little bit. Yep. Um, and things that they that are fun and enjoyable. So it, thinking about that and um, kind of applying that to to your everyday diet, right. or, you know, healthy lifestyle. Cutting up vegetables yep. and having a good healthy ranch drip with it. That's right. Kids love. They do. That's a great way to sneak in those veggies. 
Um, and we have a great healthy chicken nugget recipe. I think it's on our website, weightandwellness.com, that kids love. Yeah. So check it out. Yeah. Great, great alternative to the fast food chicken nuggets. That's right. Right. <laughs> great. So, you know, we really can't end this discussion about kids' health and not talking about gluten. Oh, we right? can't. Yeah. Gluten is everywhere. Yeah. You know, so really as nutritionists, we are seeing more and more and more people becoming sensitive to many products that are containing grains with gluten. Right. Especially wheat. Right. Yeah. You know, so these grains, what, where is gluten found, right? They were going to be found in cereal, bagels, waffles, breads, muffins, cookies. They all cause this inflammatory response yep. in both the body and the brain. Right. And so when the inflammation occurs in the body, we get achy, right? We do. And what do you think happens to our brain? Right. We lose focus. Yep. Or it could lead to bedwetting. But right. very, or, you're very right. Or you asthma know. attacks. Yep. Yes. Um, we also can become more anxious. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to learn new material when you're feeling anxious, you can't focus. Um, <clears throat> so what can we do? Right. So gluten is found, grain found in wheat, riley, bar, kamut, oats. And for me and many of my clients, as with asthma, gluten is causing the inflammation to the lungs, making asthma worse. That's right. right. It is. Yeah. You know, so, so often a gluten sensitivity connection to asthma is learning disabilities and bedwetting. Right. This is so true. You know, there's not a ton of scientific studies on food sensitivities and bedwetting, but what no. we have found with over 25 years of clinical experience right. that there's often underlying food connection. There really is. Right. There is. And, and bedwetting is plagued by so many kids, like we yes. talked about earlier, mm-hmm. often causing so much stress and anxiety for the child and the parents because they they don't know what to do with it either. Right. Uh, so some of the recent statistics are showing that 20% to 25% of children are still affected by bedwetting at the age of six. Yep. Right. And as we talked about earlier, we work all the time with kids well past six years old that okay. are still wetting the bed. Right. And of course, like I said earlier, it just becomes a big stressor on the family. Oh, exactly. You know, right. And medical doctors often don't find any physical problems with testing. Most children have normal urine tests and normal physical findings, including normal bladder size. Right. So it isn't a bladder problem or a bacteria problem. It's a brain problem, you know, something that is irritating the brain chemistry, causing bladder control problems. People don't often realize there's a food connection to bad to make, that can make a difference for bladder control. No, no. Right? It'd be the last thing you would think of. Right. Like right? our caller talked about. Like, she had no idea. Exactly. That now there she could has more be a correlation. Hope. Yeah. But there's, there's something else out there. Right. You know, and, and it's really interesting. So what is really causing five to seven million kids to suffer from bedwetting? Yeah. You know, again, as Leah mentioned, we often find food sensitivities and more specifically foods like gluten. gluten. Yep. Right. Causing bladder inflammation and then resulting in bladder a loss of bladder control. Right. Yeah. And gluten is one of the biggest culprits, but there may be other foods, too. Other foods have been connected to bedwetting are, you know, oh, dairy, the usuals, right? soy, 
eggs, corn, and of course that sugar. Oh, yes. Yeah. Big time there. Right. So what is the best way to figure out if there's a food sensitivity connection to your child's nighttime bedwetting? Yeah. Asthma think, or even learning issues? I mean, what can we do? Right. I think that's a great question. And the best way to figure out what foods are causing inflammation is to really do an elimination and track your symptoms I agree. using a food diary. Yeah. You know, you may want to really make sure when you reintroduce these foods, you do them individually so you can truly tell what foods are problematic. And honestly, this is really challenging to do on your own. It is. It It is very hard. It is. So, I mean, great to come in and see one of us nutritionists or dietitians. Right. Yes, exactly. You know, if you're suspect uh, that there's a food connection to your child's asthma, lack of focus or bedwetting, I highly suggest making an appointment with one of our nutritionists or dietitians at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We really, truly can help you guide through the process. You know, like we can. Right. Like Marcy said, this is a really challenging thing to figure out. Um, Alone. And so getting professional help is can really, really help. All right, All everyone. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.